Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you find yourself needing legal representation, Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. They've been supporting the podcast for four or five years at this point. We appreciate them. We trust them. We recommend them. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. You can get in touch with someone 24-7, 365. If you need a lawyer, you're not going to go through it alone. They got your six. They got your back. Again, Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. On today's episode, Tennessee takes two out of three from Alabama. We talk about why is Arkansas so obsessed with us and the uh, the best positions, power ranking the positions. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, April 20th, 420. Yeah, let's get high. Seth Hughes joins you down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Happy to be here. Good to hear your voice as per usual. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you as well. What's on your mind? Not much. Not much. It's a beautiful day and I'm talking to you. It is a beautiful day. Weather's finally pretty nice up here in Knoxville. It was free it was pretty cold yesterday. It was cold here too. It sucked. Turns out that, that damn groundhog he got us this time. He was right. He knew. More cold weather. Yep. Well, Tennessee beat Alabama two out of three. They did. Were you worried on Friday whenever we were on a two-game losing streak? Um, I don't think there was still any real worry for... Be honest. No, I, in like terms of like truly, I thought we were going to go through a little... Like I wouldn't have been surprised to see us lose that series. I thought we were just going to... We were kind of in a lull. Just, I mean, a season has peaks and valleys, and I didn't expect us to play like we did from Ole Miss to Vandy. I don't expect us to play like that throughout the uh, throughout the course of the season. They're not going to a sweep everyone and b sweep everyone by throttling them. That's just they're not the New York Yankees. They're a college baseball team. So, um, I just thought they were going to go into a lull, but I think that they. Pretty much um, any concern that I had has been pretty much wiped out. I mean, they did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, all that really matters is winning the series. 
you have like a six game lead over Georgia in the East, a four game lead, three or four game lead over Arkansas in the West. Like, just keep winning, just keep winning every series. You're gonna get, you're gonna get another sweep or two. You still play Kentucky. Just keep winning series. You might even sweep Georgia at home, honestly. Anywhere, any doubts, any concern about the pitching staff? Um, I mean, I like Chase Burns. I guess to me, the most the like the the most likely thing to me just seems he's hit the freshman wall. Maybe he's just really good on the road. Maybe he's just really good on the road. Maybe we'll get superstar Chase again on Friday. You know, at Florida, because on the road at Vandy and at the road at Ole Miss, he was untouchable. Yeah, my biggest concern right now is that, like, I don't know if Blade is, like, really ready to, like, I mean, yeah, he's come in and, like, he came in Friday night and struck out the side immediately against Alabama, and then he came in for a second inning and they hit a home run off of him, which Alabama's a pretty good team. They hit a lot of home runs, so that's not a huge deal. But, like, is he really ready to go and, like, start, you know, this weekend? Because I... I don't see how. I mean, I know we haven't had we haven't had official word about Dolander, right? Other than what his dad said, like a soft tissue bone bruise. We have that on good authority as well. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that means he's going to miss a start this weekend or not. I haven't seen anybody say whether or not he was going to be ready to go on Saturday. But we've avoided like a season long injury or anything like that. And first of all, that's the best possible news because, like, I did think he broke it. Um, I mean, I think everyone thought it was probably fractured. So that's the best news. And then second, I guess my main thing was, like, was Blade really ready? Like, I don't really worry about Chase Burns long term because he's too talented to, like, he's going to, he's hit the wall and he's good enough to push through the wall and, you know, climb to the next plateau or whatever, or however you want to visualize it. Maybe it happens this weekend. Maybe it doesn't, you know. Who knows? I mean, it's Friday night we we lost six to three. Friday night, I think. I think like the to me that the biggest issue there is not Chase Burns. The biggest issue is that we didn't hit the ball. We went, we were terrible with runners in scoring position. We were we were atrocious. At one point, we were one for eight with runners in scoring position. Which you know was a carryover from the Tennessee Tech game, which is why I was wondering if you were worried. And then, and then to to talk about that on Sunday, I counted. I went back and counted ten of our runs on Sunday were with two outs. Like we completely flipped the script. So Friday night, it's like okay, Chase Burns didn't have a great start. Oh well, we have to score more than three runs to beat anybody. It doesn't matter who's starting. It doesn't matter if I'm starting at pitching. Like they're gonna have to score more than three runs. You know, Drew Bean gave up four hits Sunday, and he gave up three runs because they had three solo home runs. I mean, you're going to have to score more than three runs, period. So the pitching— If you were pitching, we'd probably have to score a lot more. We'd have to score a lot more. So, like, the issue to me still is not, like, pitching, you know, it was the hitting. That, to me, has been—that, to me, is the bigger issue. But then they pretty much turned it around. I mean, they did turn it around fully, and Saturday and Sunday just crushed— the baseball and that pitcher for Alabama on Sunday had been really good. I mean, he had been really good this year and they just, they hammered the ball both of those days nonstop. Um, and I, I guess I worry a little bit about Camden Sewell too. I mean, you know, he has a bone bruise as well. He was in a boot after the game and I, we don't really know either way. He's just so good. I 
with those long relief in those long relief situations. What about Tony whipping ass on uh, on Saturday? Friday. I thought it was Saturday first inning, wasn't it? That's when Tony went crazy on Saturday. It was Saturday first inning, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm cra- yes, I'm sorry. Yes, it was Saturday first inning. Yes, I'm sorry. Producer, cut that out. I'll, I was I was we'll, we'll incorrect. That's on me. I was incorrect. And we I, will save I apologize. face for Seth. Well, you just made me doubt it because I barely watched any of the Friday game because the Hawks were on. I was like, I thought I saw on Saturday that happened. But either way, let's try this one more time. Thoughts on Tony whipping some ass on uh, Saturday? I don't think it is. Like, well, one, you just you can't touch the umpire, bro. Like, you just can't touch the umpire. But two, I don't think it's like a very big issue until it like happens again. And then it's like, if he like gets that mad and like bumps up against the umpire again, it, it, then it's like, okay, dude, you have to calm down some. However, like, I don't think it will happen again. Nothing like that has ever happened before, which is the biggest tell to whether or not this behavior is going to repeat itself. And lastly, like, there are, there were, ex- there were like extreme extenuating circumstances here with an umpire that has a huge axe to grind with UT going back to the College World Series last year. You know, which that again reminded me of just how absurd it was when he threw out our coach last year in the College World Series from across the field when our coach was in the dugout. And he was terrible. He was. You didn't watch the game Friday night? No. That's a good thing. He was horrible, okay? He was horrible behind the plate. I mean... The strike calls were horrible all night long. And so there were like, there's like, there's some big time extenuating circumstances surrounding this umpire. Like if you go back and watch it, and I did multiple times, like Frank Anderson was not even talking to him when that dude threw him out. He was talking to the big, the big black umpire who I really, I felt bad for him. Because he was like the peacekeeper, he had to walk Tony back to the dugout. He was he was sitting there having a conversation with with Frank, and that guy interjects himself to the conversation, tells the other umpire to stop, and starts talking to Frank, and then tosses him out. And Frank wasn't he he wasn't crazy. He wasn't going crazy. He was he was keeping his cool. He was just calmly discussing. I mean, he was obviously upset, but he was calmly discussing with his other umpire. And this dude just waltzes in and throws him out. Then Tony, you know. Tony goes furious or whatever, but then Tony calms down. Tony calms down and talks to that dude for a while, and then inexplicably, that dude throws him out after like the entire thing is done. That guy decides to launch him. He decides just to toss him from the game after it's all over with and it's all done. Everyone's calmed down. You've already got one coach thrown out. It was a mistake. It was stupid, but everyone's calmed down. Then he decides to throw Tony out of the game. Like, you can't touch the umpire. I get that. Okay, but Nothing like this has ever happened before. I doubt it ever happened again. And there are some like big time circumstances surrounding this dude who he obviously does not like UT. I mean, it's people can say what they want, but it's like Anthony Jordan a couple years ago. Like this dude doesn't need to call UT games. I did feel like Tony was probably a little bit close. You know, when we were playing at Vanderbilt and the bat got checked. And he was trying to get it back. But he did show restraint. But I, I think it was building up 
from the College World Series with this guy in particular, you know, on, on the Friday game, him being terrible. But I also think he was probably just fed up with umps in general, going back to the bat thing. I thought, like, it still is surprising to me that he didn't get thrown out at Vandy because he came storming out onto the field, pointed at the bat, and said, hand me the effing bat to the umpire in front of everyone. Like, he was furious. I am surprised if he didn't get thrown out, but, like, I don't have a problem with him getting thrown out in general. I mean, he does need to be in the dugout sometimes, coaching our team, but I don't have a problem with him getting thrown out at all. The only issue to me about the entire thing was that he, you know, he physically, he had a, he had a physical moment with the umpire which that really can't happen i would say that he'll keep himself under control as far as that goes i 100 percent agree so that's to me why it's like not an issue like Jawan howard punched a coach and he had already tried to beat up another coach the year before like okay we have like some history here repeating itself like tony's never like physically gotten into it with an umpire until saturday night i doubt it happens again it does seem like it fired the boys up though so it does seem like it uh worked out for that weekend series I will say credit to Tennessee players for backing up the sad boy talk they had, you know, following Friday's loss. Where I, I didn't necessarily like that they were like, oh, this team's celebrating so much like they just won. But they guaranteed victory and they came back and they kicked their ass the next two days. So it would have been bad had we did that complaining much like Ole Miss did. Guaranteed a victory and then, you know, got swept like Ole Miss did. So I'm glad they responded and just beat the absolute hell out of Alabama the next two days. Yeah, I did think the complaining about how Alabama celebrated was a little misplaced, but they were they're they young guys, and they're mad, and they backed it up. I mean, Alabama beat the number one team in the country. They're going to celebrate. And to be quite honest, you take a fur coat and a pink hat out onto the field every time you hit a home run. You celebrate yourselves, too. Like, you just have to tip your hat to them because they beat you. And they did, and they came out and whipped their ass and really left no doubt the next two games. Now, maybe if anything, maybe if anything, like, I think Tennessee players could have said, you know, like, they just won game one. It's a series. Maybe if you're Alabama, you'll wait to do all that celebrating until you have won the series because you do look really stupid when you do all that and you, you talk all that trash and your fans are online talking all that trash and, and then you get your ass beat the next two days. Like, maybe wait till you've actually locked up the series before you do all that. Maybe after game one, just quietly celebrate and hope you can take another one off. But either way. Yeah. Did like the bounce back from the boys. Did like the idea that uh, Tony V was donning the fur coat and hitting the DX suck it sign coming out, you know, to celebrate with the boys when they got back in after winning the series on Sunday. So it does seem like the players and the coaches both rallied and it's a tight knit group and, you know, you responded to adversity in a really positive way. You lost two in a row, and then you came back and whipped ass the next two days. Yep. And as we saw last night, when seemingly half the teams in the top 25 lost midweek games, losing a midweek game really doesn't matter. It just, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's not a great thing by any means, but it doesn't really portend any difficulties further throughout the year. Like, it just happens, especially when you're not trying to win. But it does add a little sting when you lose on Friday. As yeah, well. it does. It does. And you're and you and you're on a two game losing streak. So that that did hurt a little bit more that you had started looking like you are you know, vincible, vulnerable, if you will, not invincible, just vincible. The moment you finally bleed and you realize you're not a machine. So you know, I thought Saturday and Sunday was cool. Agree. But Friday, you got you know you got these fan bases across the country that all hate Tennessee. Yeah. I don't understand Arkansas 
what what do you make of Arkansas's obsession with Tennessee? Like Vandy, I kind of get in state guys. Whatever. And this is their thing, right? I mean, this is Vandy's thing. Like this is the one thing that they have. And they hate us. Like it's a natural and thing. And they to already feel. hate us. Right. Arkansas, is it just like the is it just the style of play? Is it the fact that Vitello is an Arkansas guy or you know at least was there for a little bit? Has a relationship with Van Horn? Is it because we're just the best program in the you know in, in the conference right now, and that they maybe feel threatened that the tides have changed? So the jealousy. The craziest thing to me about Arkansas is like, okay, their fans are, their fans are insane. Their fans are, are annoying. They their fans have been annoying. Okay, for 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 you know for a long time. Like the calling the hogs thing is just dreadful. But Robert Moore, their I guess you could say their star, their most notable player for sure, is the son of a Major League Baseball general manager, a future first-round draft pick. I believe he was SEC freshman of the year last year. I mean, he is a true star. Switch hitter, second baseman, a star. They just sweep, they just, they, they, they sweep LSU, who you would think is their biggest rival in baseball. And the team they should have a real little brother complex about. They sweep LSU, and Robert Moore goes up to the podium after the game, and he starts talking about Tennessee. And at that point, like, it becomes, it dawns that it's, like, not just the fans, and it's not just, like, Dave Van Horn being a little upset that the master is getting beaten by the student, but, like, it's the entire Arkansas baseball apparatus. It is the fans. It is the players. It is the coach. They are all obsessed. I mean, that one sports writer that I got into it with Saturday night about it. I mean, like, he had tw- he tweeted like eight straight times about UT baseball. It is the day. Wait, you guys before- actually got into it? Well, no, like, I got tweeted back at him. Like, I was just like, dude, what are you doing? No, he never responded to me, of course. He, he never responded to me, of course. But I'm like, he dude. Saw one- he saw your profile and said, this is a guy coming from a family that I don't want to mess with. You can just see that this guy's going to be able to out argue me, and I'm just not going to respond. I was like, dude, it's the day before Easter, and you're out here spending your Saturday night firing off tweet after tweet, literally eight straight tweets about Tennessee baseball. 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 This is not football. This is not even basketball. This is Tennessee baseball. And like I said, you would think that the one school they would have the real, like, Little brother complex about would be LSU. Like, LSU's the most prestigious program of all time. They're right beside Arkansas. Like, LSU was ranked in the top 10 preseason this year, and Tennessee wasn't. Like, LSU wasn't that good last year, and they got ranked in the preseason top 10. They were picked to be amazing. Like, you know, you would think that they would really, like, be taking joy and just, you know, wiping the floor with LSU. They're, they're vaunted rival. They sweep them. It's LSU baseball. It's like beating Kentucky in basketball. And no, Robert Moore goes up there and he talks about Tennessee baseball. Like, I have no idea what to make of it because I truly don't understand. Like, part of me thinks it's just they're angry that, like, some school has the nerve to be good at baseball that isn't normally good. But, like, it wouldn't explain this level of obsession. I asked that question because... Lil Crouchy in the Discord asked if Arkansas is quickly rising in the ranks of your least favorite SEC opponent fans. Yes, they are. They are dry. They I find them like extremely, extremely annoying. You can go through, and I've done this, like just perusing Twitter. I've 
if you see like a Kendall Rogers, who Kendall Rogers is not like Tennessee, okay? He's a Texas A&M graduate who, like he he's been very, um, he's been very nice about towards Tennessee this year. But like last year, towards the end of the season, it was all like you know Tony Vitello would walk to A&M if offered the job, and like what well, came out that like Tony turned it down quietly, and. But, like, if you see Kendall Rogers say something nice about Tennessee and you just go through the comments, you will find Arkansas fans, like, just talking shit about Tennessee. Talking about Tony, talking about how disrespectful he is, how they're glad that Arkansas and Dave Van Horn don't play like that. And the day Arkansas, the day Dave Van Horn retires, they really hope he doesn't, that they don't hire Tony Vitello and stuff like that. It's, this is this could be any tweet. Like this would just be a tweet talking about how Tennessee's doing really well and had another win on a Friday night or something. And you will find Arkansas fans in the comments talking about Tony, about how much they dislike Tennessee, about how much they dislike Tony Vitale. It's bizarre. Like that that sports writer was basically the perfect example of it because he's just he called like the way he said it. He was like Tony Vitello didn't act like this towards Daddy last year when they got into it, and it's just like, dude, you're calling Dave Van Horn Daddy. You're a grown man. Tomorrow is Easter. Go be with your family. Have some self-respect. Go father your children. You go be daddy. Yeah, seriously, go be a dad. Go be a dad. But it's just this is any tweet they will be talking about Tony Vitello. And Tennessee baseball. And it is so... Because Arkansas was really good this year. Like, you know, they have a great chance to get to Omaha and a good chance to win it all. There's a pretty good chance we're going to play each other in Omaha. Yeah, like, what is the deal here? This might all be coming to a head here in a couple months. Like, I really... You know, you beat Tennessee three out of four times last year. What's... What's... What's the issue? I mean... I think we got to throw their basketball fans in there as well. It's not just baseball. Their basketball fans are pretty annoying too. That might be more so because of Musselman and Jalen Williams, but they, you know, were probably my most disliked conference rival this year. Their basketball fans are extremely annoying, but they just aren't as obsessed with UT, obviously. Although, shout out to the woman I sat next to down in Tampa. She was a sweet lady, her and her sister. So if she's listening, I don't mean you, darling. You were nice. She gave me two free tickets to the championship. Like you talked about with the Vandy fans, like you would really expect Vanderbilt fans to act like this and not Arkansas fans. But I guess probably Vanderbilt just doesn't have enough fans. So is it jealousy? Is it insecurity? I think it's both. Is it just them actually thinking they are just that prestigious and that much better than us? Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think, it, I, think I would say it's mainly insecurity. And like if they would really sit down and look at it, they would think that they really don't have that much to be jealous about. Because Tennessee hasn't won anything yet this year. Tennessee went 0-2 in Omaha last year. Like They went 0-0 zero zero in Omaha. They, they didn't make it to Omaha, but like, you know, like they know that they're going to keep getting back there, you know, often with Dave Van Horn. So I, I would say like some of it's just insecurity for whatever reason, and they do think they're that prestigious. They do think they're that prestigious. But like Mississippi State fans don't, and Mississippi State is has a more prestigious history than Arkansas, even taking out the 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 College World Series championship last year. Like they act like they're LSU. We appreciate Gramco for their support. It's four twenty. You might be in the mood. Go to thegramco.com for a one hundred percent legal alternative 
thegramco.com. Use the promo code VOLS25. Gramco is a leader in the Delta 8 industry. Again, it's 100% legal. It's safe and secure. Must be 21 or older to order. Appreciate them for the hookup. They got these new gummy packages that come with 50% more while also keeping the price the same. TheGramCode.com, Vols25, got a couple new flavors, blue raspberry, fruit punch, watermelon. Support the people who support us. TheGramCode.com, promo code Vols25, will get you 25% off your order. TheGramCode.com. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reeds Ranch. That was an early one, courtesy of Scholar. We got a couple of, uh, we got we just got one new patron. Shout out to Chandler Emerson, new $5 patron. Shout out to Brother Chandler. We love you and appreciate you. Yeah, he came and played basketball last uh, Thursday with our Colts beat reporter. And he did cross me up pretty good, but I will say that uh, I couldn't move my left arm, Seth. My left arm was shot. It's hard to go out there and play defense with one arm. You know what I mean? Especially if somebody's crossing up. You can't get your, you can't get your arm out to, to knock the ball away. Do we need to get you a new one? Well, I haven't done anything at all this week. Since Thursday, I haven't done anything. It's not helped. I've been a little depressed this week. I did go run two miles on Monday. But outside of that, I haven't lifted anything. I haven't played anything. I haven't even sweated. I haven't done anything trying to get this arm fixed. Because I was down bad on Thursday night. I I thought I was going to have to amputate it. But it didn't stop people from trying to pick on me on, on defense. Which is fine. Whatever. So I'm hoping that I'm now recovered. Like I said, I haven't lifted anything. I'm gonna go play basketball again. I'm gonna go play basketball tomorrow. My new I bought some new basketball shoes. They just got here, so I should be a little bit quicker on my feet. Finally retired the Derrick Roses. Although it's gonna feel pretty silly out there wearing the Trey Youngs after you know the last two games he's had. Either way, shout out to Chandler. Shout out to Chandler. All right, let's get to some questions, Seth. Um. Brother, brother Will Warren, a.k.a. Stats by Will, assuming it's I am going to just start pulling 40-footers tomorrow on my new series. I'm, gonna do that. <laughs> I'm just going to be out there shooting deep. That'd be fun. Why play, why play any other way? Yeah. Yeah. So out there pulling. If I hit one of them, I'll feel good. All I got to do is go one for ten. Brother Will Warren, a.k.a. Stats by Will, assuming it's just you and a rebounder, 103-point attempts in a practice gym an hour from now. How many are you hitting? Oh, well, that's fitting. Uh, so, 103-point uh, attempts with just you and a rebounder, which means you don't have to chase after your ball. You know, actually, we had a free throw question about this, and I did the exact number I said I would. I said I'd hit 65. I hit 65 with a little cardio mixed in between it. You know, try to get a, a good game feel of at least being a little sweaty. Hit 65. Got a little hot in the middle. After you get a little bit of rhythm. How many threes do you think you could hit? 10 to 15. You said 15? 10 to 15. 10 to 15. Out of 100? I was trying to lowball it because I didn't want to come Are you out. one of these? Were you one of those like baseball players in high school that like couldn't play any other sport? My first thought was like 20 or 25. It's okay. Be honest if that's true. No, no. My first thought was like 20 or 25, but then I was like, but I, people are going to laugh at me. No, I'm laughing that you said 10 or 15. I wanted to lowball it. Surely to God you can hit more than that. Yeah, I mean, I could hit more than 10. You weren't one of those baseball players. No, no, my original thought stuff. was 20 to 25. Is that... You got a little, do you have a jumper on you? Yeah, I can shoot. I think 20 to 25 is too low then. Okay, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't shot a basketball in a while. 
I mean, I know what you're doing. You're thinking like good three pointers shoot forty percent, but you're that, that's the game. Stuff, I know, right? I know, I know, I know. Game is drastically different. Shooting forty percent in a game means you probably shoot 98 percent in practice. How cool would that be to just make ninety eight out of one hundred three pointers in practice? That was one of the more eye opening sports experiences for me in like high school. We went uh, on deca night to a uh, or it's like a deca trip with like in in high school. We went to a Hawks Suns game, and Steve Nash is out there and just watching his pregame stuff just was just automatic from everywhere on the court. And then now you see obviously the videos of Steph Curry. I mean, just you know, not missing. Gilbert Arenas used to shoot like ninety percent with his left hand during practice. <laughs> they put videos up of that. I think you'd hit like thirty at least. Okay. And I think I'd hit thirty at least. I think you're underestimating like getting into getting into a Get rhythm. Get your rhythm, yeah, getting into a rhythm. Like I honestly think I'd hit like thirty eight is the number I'm deciding on. Okay. Thirty. Because when I go shoot, there will be a streak. Like once every like ten shots, I'll hit like seven in a row, six in a row. Then I'll miss like five in a row. But I think that would add up to get to close to 30, 36, 37. I might do, put this to the test, but I need to find a rebounder. And I'm not a good shooter, so I might be I might be going too high. But I just once I hit a couple, I ride the streaks pretty well. Once I find the range, but like in a pickup game when you're actually running around and stuff, much much less than 37. percent I'm out there lucky to hit one out of five, to be honest. But I'm pulling. I'm shooting them. <laughs> DF wants to know, Seth, do you think marijuana should be legalized for recreational use across the U.S.? It's 420. It's no, topical. I, I don't. You I don't? don't? I, I do not, though. Do you care to expound on that? I, I don't. I don't. No, I do not. I definitely do not particularly care to talk about this um, because this is something that you're not really ever going to convince people one way or the other. Um. I beg to differ on that. I would say that you could convince a lot of people to go the other way. Um, I mean, as we've seen throughout society, we've seen more and more people being okay with marijuana. So I do think you can convince people to not care. Yeah. And to hold a mirror up and just be like, well, if alcohol is legal, I can't weed be legal. And then you're like, oh, I guess that's a good point. Um. No, I, so I, I just, I, 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 I have a deep seated personal animus to potheads okay i find care to expound on that have you seen um zach lately i mean do i really need to explain more than that we went bowling recently yeah well you should now feel like i do i mean he's out here tipping ten dollars to the bowling guy i mean what else do you blame that on when you think of potheads that's who you think of no it's not who i think of there's, there could be some gray. There could be. There could be like. A, do you think everyone who smokes weed becomes a pothead? No, I don't. And there is a definitely a gray area. No, I definitely yeah, don't. Yeah. No, I don't know. And like my opinion on this matter is not the guy that recreationally smokes it every now and then is not why I say no. I think that you're just doing a bit here. I, I think that you actually think it should be legalized. Am I wrong or did you not like? I might be wrong actually on that. What I was thinking. I don't, if we had to, like, I don't, there's a lot of other things I would rather make legal or illegal. I don't particularly care one way. It's that strong, like, it's not something that's like a deep. Were you ever on record for being, like, pro-prostitution, or am I making that up? Am I confusing you with someone else? 
Uh, that like women, like you should be allowed to like you know ha- be a sex worker. Am I wrong in that? I think I have made the argument before that like having prostitutes, having whorehouses, is a better use of a young man's time than staring at a computer screen and. Okay, maybe maybe that was it. I think I have made that argument before, and I, I do believe that. Not that I think going to a whorehouse is a particularly moral avenue for one to explore, nor do I condone it, but I think it's better than someone getting obsessed with pornography. Okay. I think I have made the argument that I thought pornography should be illegal and prostitution should be legal. I thought so, but again, I, I didn't know if I was mistaking you for someone else. And I stand by that take. The years, over the years... Uh, I stand by that take. Um, so, and if like prostitution was legal, maybe there's just less of a you know sex trade and everything. Yeah, less of you know sex trafficking. What is what you know what I mean by that? So I don't know. So you actually don't think marijuana should be legal? No. Okay. Do you think alcohol is the same or no? I do not think alcohol is the same. No. Okay. I think there are some things that you, uh, I mean, I don't really think that making alcohol illegal would work. First yeah, of sure. All. Obviously, like, obviously two, like people still smoke weed whenever it's not legal. So, I mean, you're, you're not wrong about that. I have no particular, um, interest in making alcohol illegal and I have no particular interest in like making weed illegal and like coming down with a hammer on people that smoke weed. I have no particular interest in that either like this is just an opinion question like i don't like my thoughts on marijuana being illegal or illegal don't really mean that if it were to be illegal i want the dea busting down doors of college students because i don't um like there's a lot better things that police can spend their time on than you know busting down doors of college students to arrest like a dude yeah that would that would mostly be my thought for just making it legal it's just like who cares? People are going to do it anyways, and we could use the resources elsewhere. But either way, either way, I don't even smoke weed. We're a Delta Eight podcast, brother. West Tennessee Ben, fine young man. Question for both: Would you get, would you rather go watch your pro baseball team play a home series against a decent opponent, or go watch Tony and the boys play in the SEC tournament? I'm crowdsourcing my anniversary trip. Oh God, that sounds that sounds dangerous, West Tim Ben. Is the missus on board with an anniversary trip going to watch baseball? Now, if She's, she is... She, she she does like sports. She seemed like she really likes sports. Okay. You know her personally? Yes. Yes, she came to she came to Nashville. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So, sounds like that's okay. Um, well, what's your answer here? Uh, Assuming his team, is his team the Braves? Is his team the Cardinals? It's the Cardinals, yeah. He's from Memphis, so that makes sense. Um, he actually lives about one mile away from my best friend, Luke. Oh, wow. So, um, I think it just depends on how big a fan you are of each team. If you are like a hardcore Cardinals fan versus, you know, and I, you know, then maybe go that way. I do think that, like, it's dangerous to choose the SEC tournament. Because what if they go 0-2, which doesn't seem likely, but Mississippi State went 0-2 last year. You know, I mean, there's there's more of a, you know, you, you know what you're going to get if you, like, go see the Cardinals play a series. You're going to get three games. 
to me, it also comes down to I would rather spend my time in St. Louis. That's than the next thing. That's the next thing I was gonna say. I would rather go to St. Louis than Birmingham, Alabama. You know what time the games are. You're not gonna be scrambling around because, like last year, Tennessee lost early. And remember, they were just having to scramble and play a bunch of games. And yep. And they 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 changed the time of the game the 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 game on the second day. Oh yeah. They changed it randomly, and like I wasn't there yet, and like I was I didn't even make it in time for the first pitch because of traffic because they changed the time, you know. Like, if you guaranteed me Tennessee was going to go, where do you need to go, 3-0, and 4-0 to win it all? Or not to win it all, but to win Hoover, obviously, to win the SEC win, tournament. you got to win five games, right? No. Five four, games? Four, four games. Is it four games? Yeah, I mean, because if you get to the championship game, you have to get beat twice. You don't have to win twice. Yeah. If you promised me Tennessee was going to do that, I might say Hoover, but I would just go to St. Louis, man. I would go to St. Louis, too. Last go year was arches. a lot of fun. Last year was a lot of fun in Hoover, though. I had a great time with uh, Brother Mike Palmer, friend of the podcast. Did not have a good time with Brooks because he high-hatted me repeatedly. But I would go to St. Louis. Some of God's greatest gifts, Seth. It's true. Brother Rhino asks, what is the most overrated and underrated city you've ever visited? I don't travel a lot. When I go, I don't think much about the actual city I'm in. I don't either. I won't say I don't travel. I do my fair share of traveling, but like, I don't think of, hmm, this city was supposed to be fun. It's not very fun. Because I think I can have fun anywhere with the right people. You know what I mean? Agree. Or person. Whatever. I mean, I went to New York just for a couple of days. Didn't really do much. I mean, I it's hard to call that overrated just because I didn't like get like a nightlife experience or even like go really like hang out do any culture stuff. It was just kind of a touristy thing. Like, Hey, here's the uh, empire state building. Oh, wow. Here's the Yankees game. Like, eh, so I, I can't really judge. You didn't go to a bodega, which everyone from New York city acts like is the most novel thing in the world. When it's really just a gas station. I did not go to a bodega. Man, they, they are so annoying about those things. It's a, it's a convenience store with food. No way. We don't have those in the other 49 States and the most powerful nation on earth. It's basically just Weigel's. Yeah. Give me a damn break. My friend's dad used to own a bodega in New York. He's probably very mad hearing you say that. Apologies if he's listening. But, you know, in terms of underrated cities, I mean, I had a lot of fun in, like, you know, Indianapolis when I go. But, again, I was just kind of – just got really drunk and just bounced around. <laughs> Indianapolis. Anywhere. That was going to be a city that I was going to say I was surprised by. Like, I really liked it. Yeah. No, I liked Indianapolis a lot. I've been there, like, three times now, four times now, I guess, and I've had a good time every time. A city that I, like, again, I'm kind of like you. Like, I don't really pay that much attention to cities when I'm there. Like, I don't really, can you really get a feel for a city unless you live there? Or spend, like, a long time there. Like, I went to Boston for a weekend, and, like, I didn't think it was special. But I didn't, like, go out and do anything. I went to a Celtics game, a Celtics-Hawks game. I went to, like, eat some lobster. And then I went to watch the Patriots. Like, that's pretty much all I did. One night I went out, but it was raining. And, like, we went to see this band play. And we were, like, the only other people in there besides one couple. So I was kind of lame. Didn't really get the best impression of Boston that time. So I guess by default that has to be my answer with the, you know, with acknowledging that I maybe didn't give it the best chance. But it was, like, Boston in, like, January. You know what I mean? Like, that was a pretty dreadful time. Yeah, one city that like I've never been particularly enamored with, and I've been there several times, is Charlotte. 
I've never been to Charlotte. It just, again, I haven't spent nearly enough time there. I've spent several weekends there. It just seems kind of cookie cutterish to me. It doesn't feel particularly Southern at all, even with the NASCAR Hall of Fame there. Or whatever that is. Maybe it's NASCAR HQ. I don't know. It's something with NASCAR. It just, I don't know. It just feels kind of, it just felt kind of bland to me. It didn't really have a, like a regional feel at all. And like, if you, you know, North Carolina has some parts that are, that are pretty country, like, but it just didn't really have like a regional feel to me at all. And then I spent a week in Miami once and really just didn't like, I actually, I've, I've, I've been to Miami a couple times. I did, I spent, I, I went to Miami Beach and stayed there, which is like its own, like, it's different from Miami and, and it was cool. Um, Miami, like proper, like South beach. I stayed on South beach for a while once. It's just, it was just so loud and so much going on. Like it really wasn't my thing. But again, I was there. Shocking. A week. I was there a week. Like who knows? Maybe Fort Lauderdale is. I thought Tampa was cool. You said Fort Lauderdale is more your speed. Yeah, I think so. It probably would be. Yeah. Like I thought Tampa was cool. For the SC tournament, I had a good time there. I mean, really, the most overrated city is probably Vegas, honestly. Mm-hmm. If you've been to Vegas more than once, like you probably like will agree that the novelty wears off pretty quickly. Everything's expensive. That's probably my answer. Vegas for the most overrated. Next question. Brother BJ, for both, is Derek a real person? Are we all or are we all being catfished? This is obviously a question about the Discord. I think Derek is a real person, although I did not see him when I went to Tampa, so I, this strike one. But this strike one. I, mean, I think he's a real guy that is just very, very handsome. <laughs> very, very well put together. I mean, shockingly, uh, if you look like that, you can get you can get women like crazy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Women like crazy? He's got a nice, sweet girlfriend. What are you talking yeah. about? I know, but I mean, you know, he could be a caveman. If he looked like that, he's gonna have he's going to have a nice-looking young lady. I think he's real. He seems like a very fine young man to me. The case for the catfish is probably him in the in our workout thread on the Discord saying he needs to drop a couple of pounds because he's at 223. And he looks like a great guy. <laughs> while being chiseled at 6'2". <laughs> if it is a catfish, it's pretty funny. I, I see the case for it, but I think he's a real person despite... I won't say he hi-hatted me because you know, it wasn't like he avoided me in Tampa, but we did not we did not link up in Tampa where he lives. Does the USSF does the USFL make it through the season? Asked Marshall. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. The whole thing is bizarre. I mean, three million viewers week one. I think there was a lot of people at Birmingham's game. I mean, not did a I lot. read that they're all playing? The, so that's, in Birmingham? That's, that's what I was going to get at. Like that's the thing. That's why I don't know what to make of it because like you had. You had Birmingham play in Birmingham, and like there was a good crowd. And it's on Fox, and I think it's going to be on USA some, too. Like, somebody told me over the weekend that, like, they're going to be on Fox and USA at, like, the same time. Like, it's going to be a dual broadcast. Like, I, I don't and know. They got that's... 3 million viewers, which, I mean, is better than almost anything else that's out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know it's not crazy football numbers, but it's still a valuable product compared to, you know, any other things they put on cable right now. Yeah, but then, like, you have the other seven teams. So I think there's eight teams. The other seven teams are also playing their games in Birmingham. Either I think some are at Legion Field and some are at UAB's new stadium. I wasn't sure if that was just an opening weekend thing. If they were if they 
if they were going to move to other cities and like have those cities there as well. Cause I saw like them complaining about the contracts cause like the XFL, you know, the rocks new league that he started back up, you know, obviously with the, the, the WWE ties, it was complaining and basically trying to get the USFL shut down and trying to get like the, the players that were having to sign two year contracts to hold off because they were saying the XFL is going to pay them more money and have more benefits and everything. And in that article, it's talking about how like everyone's having to live in a hotel right now in Birmingham and they get $75 a day towards their hotel, which doesn't seem like enough for like hotel rooms. I, I no, don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't, I cannot believe if that is true and they're not even paying for the entirety of the hotel room, then no, they will not make it because how do you not give these people like enough per diem to cover the cost of the hotel? So I, that's why I was wondering if it was going to be a every day, like an every week thing in Birmingham, or if they were just going to move around to different cities. From what I understood, and it's been like a month or two since I read about it, and I didn't think that like I understood correctly at first, and I have gone back and like verified it. Every single regular season game is being played in Birmingham. Like eventually, like you know, like Jeff Fisher's team, I think is from Michigan. Like those teams yeah. are going to play in their, you know, home cities or whatever. But right now, for whatever reason, and I do not know why, I do not know why a team out of Houston cannot play games in Houston. But they are all playing in Birmingham. So. I was also just really confused why Jeff Fisher would do this to himself. Yeah. To come back and coach Shea Patterson and Paxson Lynch. Yeah. Was well, like Skip Holtz said he wanted to. Skip Holtz like resigned from Louisiana Tech where he's been for like ten years. It's like okay, you know, <clears throat> he he probably just wants some time off. Like he's been a college head coach for a long time. He's you know that's what he does. Looks like his dad did, and no, he becomes the Birmingham USFL coach. And it's like, why? I guess at least you're not having to travel. Not having to travel, um, and you're still getting to coach football. So, but if they're only giving players seventy five dollars a day for foot for hotels, then I say no. I mean, the XFL will make it because they signed that contract with NFL, right? Yeah, they're like going to be used to kind of help do some developmental stuff with them, I think is kind of what the idea was. So yeah, the XFL will make it. But the USFL people in the article I was reading were talking about how they have such a leg up because A, they started earlier, and B, because they have like a rock solid like TV deal with it, which I guess I don't know if the XFL does or not yet. So I don't know. And that may be, but like one side has the NFL the most powerful sports league in America. Yeah, but I don't know how far the XFL or the NFL is going to go to like to bat for them. Yeah, it's easy to say like you have their backing, but they're not if they don't actually like help. Then it doesn't really mean much. Yeah, I was surprised that it was on Fox. I had no idea that it was going to be on Fox, which that is really good. I mean, like I said, there were there was a good crowd at the Birmingham game, but it's like every game is in Birmingham, and I don't really know. I don't really understand. Logie wants to know top five power rank your top five positions. I would go with point guard probably first. Love a good point guard. Number two, I think I'm going to go point guard over quarterback. Number two, I'm probably going to go with wide receiver. I think being a wide receiver is cool, despite what they're trying to do to my my boys Debo and AJ Brown. Number three, uh, probably a small forward, maybe a point forward, maybe a power forward actually that can handle the ball. Number four, I'm going to go missionary. And number five, I'm going to go center because you get both football and basketball. And I don't have any other questions. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. I love you. Missionary is very underrated, by the way. 
There's a reason that's just called regular style, you know what I mean? It's the most intimate. All right, love you, Seth. Talk to you later. I love you too, buddy. Bye-bye.